0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Harris Cherokee Resort. Find us online at caesars.com slash harris-cherokee. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, some days the job is just more fun than others. This is obviously one of those days. Man, it's, it's been so great. Over the last 24 hours to watch somewhat much of what y'all are saying on social media and Georgia fans kind of everywhere you go. Everybody just having a really good time right now about the addition of two gigantic names out of the transfer portal yesterday. Obviously, there have been some buzz growing about both these guys in recent days, in the case of Kendrick, maybe even recent weeks, but to have it become official, like right there, like one right after the other, and to watch the way in which <laughs> media guy and opposing fan, Florida, Clemson, LSU, everything else, the rest of the SEC, to watch the level of just nasty hand-wringing, vitriol, if you will, about what Georgia goes out and uh, does yesterday. What a great time to be a Georgia Bulldogs fan. And the fact that it happens in June, because you've got to realize this, you know, for those of you, and we talk about this from time to time, for those of you that are like really plugged in to what we do here at Dog Nation, specifically on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris, Cherokee Casino Resort, just, you know, kind of college football in general, you know, the average like mainstream guy, the guy that's watching. you know, NBA playoffs right now, NHL playoffs, baseball. He almost thinks it's like the dead time for college football, that nothing's going on. But obviously that couldn't be further from the truth. When you see this gigantic, gigantic news yesterday, obviously a huge step towards Georgia's eventual national championship could have been taken yesterday by the addition of both these guys. In fact, you'll remember we weeks ago, we're kind of talking about, you know, boy, the the writing couldn't be any clearer on the wall when it comes to what you have to do if you want to win a national championship you have to have these like elite first round level type talent we talked about that so much frankly more than some of you wish that we probably would but we thought that point was worth hammering home and I had at least one Georgia fan reach out to me yesterday in fact I want to show you this tweet on the screen here about why this day may have been significant I love this from Brian Jones who wrote me on Twitter to say BA, UJ just added two first round draft picks that you've been talking about that should get us to the five or six we need to eventually win the national championship but I think that Brian's right about that that when you add a Darian Kendrick former all ACC level cornerback at Clemson when you add in a Rick Gilbert who was really one of the better freshmen in the SEC last year when he got what got a chance to play when you add these things into the to the mix for Georgia It does add to your overall like top end level talent uh, that would give you a chance to compete for a national championship. I don't think that you can sugarcoat that. It's one of the reasons why so many people are so mad at Georgia today that Georgia just didn't choose to stand pat to say, "Hey, we're pretty close to having what might be enough talent to win a national championship. We might get there if you cross your fingers and if the world kind of aligns the right way. We might have enough to do that." No, Georgia you know, essentially removed all doubt yesterday with the way it went out and added these names there. And I think that Brian on Twitter is absolutely right to say that, but let me do this for a second, if you don't mind, because many of y'all know, in fact, you know, judging from what you've written to me on Twitter, you certainly understand for me personally, as a fan, this is obviously very meaningful to me because a Rick Gilbert is a guy that I wanted at Georgia the first time around and it didn't work out then. And, you know, you kind of never burn these bridges because you never know. And all of a sudden now it's kind of circled back, and now Gilbert uh, is here at UGA. And obviously, we're going to get there on today's show and talk about all the reasons why this is a huge addition for Georgia. But let me say this, you know, in any given situation, just one or the other, if you added a Rick Gilbert during an offseason, or if you added a Darian Kendrick in an offseason, in any normal offseason, just one name or the other here, would be the dominant storyline of the offseason. When you get to SEC media days in July, this would be like the thing that Kirby Smart takes the most questions about and kind of the media is buzzing about. Any one of these transfer additions alone would be enough to be kind of the dominant headline of the offseason. But when you add them both in the same day, it's almost like, in some cases, information overload. And tell me if you notice what I'm seeing here That for a number of reasons because the Gilbert thing seemed to materialize the quickest maybe out of nowhere a little bit more in recent days compared to the to the Kendrick thing which has been simmering now for maybe a couple of weeks and maybe because of the fact let's just be honest here fans have a tendency to just be a little bit more interested in offensive names than defensive names that that there's a, a way in which the the Eric Gilbert news kind of eclipses the Darian Kendrick news and all of a sudden it becomes one of these things where almost like Darian Kendrick doesn't quite get his full billing in comparison to Gilbert because of all the backstory that probably exists between UGA and Rick Gilbert. That's nobody's fault. I'm not complaining about them. I'm not not saying it's anything bad. I'm just saying that there is a way in which the Kendrick thing is actually kind of a bigger deal than it's maybe getting credit for. And I'll go so far as to say this. And once again, y'all know, I'm like, what does the kid say? A Stan? Y'all know I'm like the world's biggest Rick Gilbert Stan. Y'all know that. But I'm almost tempted to say that for Georgia's pursuit of a national championship this season, the arrival of Darian Kendrick might be more important in that regard than the arrival of, of, of Rick Gilbert. Are, are you with me? Are you okay with me saying that today? That if you had to choose one or the other as the more important transfer for Georgia's championship hopes for this season, I'm tempted to say it's actually Darian Kendrick over Rick Gilbert, even though the Gilbert thing I think is huge, and we'll talk all the reasons why uh, about that here today. Let me give you a couple of reasons as to why. First of all, let me start with this. I think The proper context for understanding Georgia's addition of Darian Kendrick requires you going back to the spring and listening to, in the very clear terms, unmistakable message of just how much Kirby Smart viewed Georgia as having a need at cornerback. Not because there's not talent there. And not because there aren't capable players alongside, now, the addition of Darian Kendrick. This was not a shot at the guys who were in the cornerback room. This is not to say that any of those guys were deficient, but when Smart looked around, he said, I like the players we have. They're just not enough of them. And there aren't enough guys who've played as much football as the guys that we just lost. So that's the important context to understand the arrival of Darian Kendrick after having played at an also AECC level there at Clemson. And in fact, let me let you hear Kirby Smart from March the unmistakable message then, I think even more meaningful now that you know that that George has added Darian Kendrick. Here's Kirby Smart. Yeah, the quarterback position is really completely open. So to name two guys is, is probably not smart. I mean, we got a lot of guys that are going to be working at cornerback. Every guy on our team is a potential quarterback and
1: cornerback right now because we're in search of finding guys that can play that position at a high
0: level in a really tough you look across the SEC, the ability to throw the ball has gotten better and better and better, and those guys um get exposed. You know, we're one of the we're one of the conferences that plays more man to man probably than anybody else. So you gotta have guys out there that can function. So that, that position is you know up for grabs. There are no guys that are proven returning starters. Um and every guy is working hard to learn the techniques and the details that it takes to play winning football at that position. I mean, to me, That sounds like a coach who would have really liked to have had a potential first-round pick cornerback on his roster, not really maybe thinking of the time that he had one that was at least quite as proven as what Darian Kendrick turned out to be. And now that Kendrick's on the roster, all of a sudden – This is Kirby Smart saying, yeah, we have a huge need here. It's not that we don't like the players that we have. It's not that we don't think they can be capable performers, but you just need more of them or you need more experienced versions of this same level of talent. That is obviously what Darian Kendrick brings to the table. But that's not all. Let me say this this way, and this is going to be a little bit of a trigger warning because I'm about to bring up an unhappy memory here for a moment, but I do think it's important. If you talk about the high watermark for SEC teams in recent seasons, with apologies to Alabama from last year, I would suggest that it's actually LSU in 2019. That, to me, is the best SEC team in recent memory. And obviously, when you think about that, that LSU team in 2019, you think about the explosive Joe Burrow on the offense, averaging nearly 50 points a game, and you know all the stuff they did on the way to a national championship. In fact, we've talked a lot about on the show, about Georgia's need to kind of mirror offensively at least some version of what LSU did last, in 2019 if Georgia wants to be as national championship worthy as many of us hope that they can be. But here's the thing that you can't forget. That while LSU had this great offense and a defense that was just okay, position by position, pound by pound for pound, the LSU defense in 2019 probably does not compare very well to what George is expected to have for 2021. But here's the one thing that LSU did have going for it back in 2019 a cornerback in Derek Stingley. And here's where the bad memory comes up for Georgia fans. When Georgia got beaten up pretty good by LSU in the SEC championship game, you think a lot about Joe Burrow, and you think a lot about the way in which the Tigers' offense was moving the ball down the field in that game. But let's not forget this. Georgia also had its chances there that day. It had its chances to do some stuff. Even though the game ended up being a blowout, there were moments during the game where Georgia kind of had its shot. I mean, think about this near the end of the first half. Georgia's trailing 17-3, final possession of the first half for Georgia and after you're kind of scuffling around a little bit and kind of misfiring on some throwing opportunities Georgia actually starts to move the football they go from its own their own 25 across midfield they get the ball into LSU territory trailing 17-3 a touchdown there turns into a 17-10 ball game at the half all of a sudden the entire complexion of the game is different but what happens a Jake Fromm pass is intercepted by Derek Stingley half comes to an end and LSU's on the move again all of a sudden, now in the second half of the game, Georgia trailing 27 3. The kind of the aftermath of the first Stingley interception, Georgia reeling from that. Then, early third quarter, another Jake Fromm interception by Derek Stingley, this time near Georgia's own end zone. LSU goes in to quickly score after that, and the route was on, and the Tigers never looked back. My point here is to bring up a bad memory a little bit. But Georgia fans understand the value that Derek Stingley played for LSU in 2019. Great offensive team, scoring a bunch of points, but the performance by the top-end cornerback changed the complexion of the game as much as really anything that anybody did offensively that day. And that's obviously what a guy like Darian Kendrick, who, by the way, is not a freshman the way that Stingley was back then, that's obviously the potential that a guy like Kendrick would have for Georgia here this year. In fact, let me invert something that we've said now for a while. Because when the issue of Georgia having inexperience at cornerback and trying to figure out what you have with your defensive secondary, when that has come up on previous shows over the course of the last few months, the thing that the optimistic Georgia fan ends up saying about that is, yeah, but you may have some issues at cornerback, but think about how great your front seven is. And think about how that front seven, if they get a pass rush going, how much easier that makes things for the Georgia defensive secondary. And I believe that was true. But what if you say the opposite of that now? What if the presence of Darian Kendrick covering a very good wide receiver for the teams that you're playing, what if all of a sudden now that gives a very good Georgia front seven an extra second? All of a sudden now quarterback can't release the football when he wants to because Darian Kendrick is eating the lunch of the wide receiver that he's covering. All of a sudden that quarterback's going to hold that football one more second longer. What does that do to Adam Anderson? What does that do to Nolan Smith? What does that do to Trayvon Walker? What does that do to Jordan Davis coming up the middle? All of a sudden, now a front seven that's really, really close to getting a bunch of sacks and really getting after it. All of a sudden, the presence of Darian Kendrick, tight coverage, uh, man-to-man coverage, as Kirby Smart described there. All of a sudden, that front seven, that aggressive pass rush that Dan Lanning helped really kind of formulate for Georgia a year ago, and you hope takes the next step this year, all of a sudden, the job of those Georgia pass rushers just got a lot easier and the dynamic type of defense that can lead towards a national championship, there is no doubt the presence of Darian Kendrick makes all of that much more possible. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort, and glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and as a podcast, wherever you find them, including the world famous dognation.com, glad to have you with us here today, so much fun to get into and so great to have our friends at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort making it all possible. Short drive away, mountains of western North Carolina, beautiful place to get to. Casino gaming, so much fun. Uh, just such a great getaway. But it's not just the gaming. It's also the gourmet dining and the world-class shopping, the luxurious spa, relaxing getaway. Uh, they got great golf there at Sequoia National. you got all kinds of really fun stuff there. And don't forget, the sports book is now open. That's right, uh, the book, Sports Gaming, at the Harris Cherokee Casino Resort properties, whether it's the original Harris Cherokee Casino Resort or the Harris Cherokee Valley River. You can actually go there right now. If you're as excited as I am about the addition of Rick Gilbert and Darian Kendrick for Georgia, you can go there right now and get your ticket down to place a bet on Georgia to win the national championship here for this upcoming season. I got to say, there are probably a lot of folks uh, looking forward to maybe doing that here right now. So it, it's a fun getaway. You deserve a getaway. It's a great time of year to do it. The... You know, that part of North Carolina is beautiful this time of year. Here's the website it's caesars.com slash harris dash Cherokee. That is caesars.com slash harris dash Cherokee. That'll get you in touch with Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. So. A little bit of Darian Kendrick talk right there. We'll get Mike Griffith coming up here in a moment. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse here today, and I want to spend some time talking about uh, Rick Gilbert. And yes, it's a little bit hard to wait this deep into the show to kind of get into the Gilbert thing, but I I did want to give Kendrick his just due, because in in some respects, I don't feel like he's gotten enough of that since he announced his pledge to uh, Georgia here yesterday. But clearly the Gilbert thing is so interesting on so many levels because this is an example of a recruit and if you're watching on video you see footage of Gilbert back when he was a recruit this is one of those guys that's just such a unique athlete there's been a lot of chatter online lately and a lot of this generated by a butter our buddy uh Terrence Edwards about you know how big Gilbert is right now the fact that he probably you know you know, checks in from a weight of more than 240 pounds right now, and you know that kind of size I think works to his advantage. I think it makes him tough to guard. You know, the physicality matters, and you know, there's also the interesting quote that Gilbert gave to 24/7 Sports. In fact, I'll show this to you on the screen. You know, the idea that even though we thought of him as a tight end. And, you know, I even kind of tweeted about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, Gilbert tells 24-7 sports that he's being brought into, brought into play wide receiver. And he says, I definitely think I can help uh, the team win. So, yeah, I mean, that's obviously what he's looking to do is clearly help the team win, but to do so by, by being, he says, a wide receiver. And I've been really clear about this in the past that when Gilbert was a recruit and he was even talking then back then about being a wide receiver, you know, I was probably a little too rigid in my need, my desire to want to put Gilbert into a box and say, I know you want to be a wide receiver. That's kind of the glamorous version of the pass catching role. But, you know, if a bunch of folks are telling you a tight end, you're, you you might should consider the fact that you might actually be a tight end and that I, I get that you want to play wide receiver, but you can go be a tight end, and be a great one. I, I wanted to put Gilbert in that kind of box back then. I'm a lot less likely to want to do that now. And some of that's related to just how successful Darnell Washington was at Georgia a year ago. A little bit as a traditional tight end, but kind of more athletic. Certainly late in the season when he really blossomed, more athletic than sometimes what you think of a typical tight end as being. And when you see that, and and to be honest, as much as it pains me to admit this, but to see the way that Kyle Pitts was used by Florida a year ago. I mean, the fact is, for those of you that live in Atlanta, follow the Falcons, if the Julio Jones trade does take place, and it seems like it's probably going to, you know, for the Falcons next season, Kyle Pitts, the former Florida tight end, probably does function almost indistinguishable as a uh, as a receiver for Atlanta next year. Hayden Hurst, probably the traditional tight end. You know, for all intents and purposes, you can you know kind of consider Pitts a wide receiver for Atlanta next year. Maybe that that we're just kind of past the age of you have to call this guy a receiver, you have to call this guy a, a, a tight end, you have to put these specific descriptions of position on these players. I mean, frankly, the more accurate description, even though it's a little bit of a clunky phrase, to call him pass catchers, that, that that Gilbert's coming to Georgia to be a pass catcher. And yes, he'll line up at a specific position, but he may line up at a multitude of those positions over the course of the season. He is just one of those playmakers that you have to get the football to. And the size that he brings to the table does help. And obviously, I think it helps him working against smaller defensive backs in terms of the catching the ball. But yes, it also helps in terms of the blocking stuff, too, that you don't have to just maul people in the, in the, in, in the running game, but you do you know, just need to get a big body on somebody and divert a defender and give that one opportunity for the Georgia running game to step forward and 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 move forward and, and do what it needs to do there. So I just think the, th- the thing about Gilbert, I just think is exciting for Georgia in so many ways. And the one thing that I don't think opposing fans have fully come to appreciate yet, those that want the worst for Georgia and aren't watching Georgia quite as closely, I don't think they quite realize exactly what, Georgia potentially has in its offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. This isn't a James Coley situation in 2019 where Coley would just sort of experiment and see what works or a Jim Cheney situation in 2017-2018, even though I thought those couple of years for Cheney were actually pretty good offensive coordinator-wise. This is a guy in Munkin who I think is a lot more of a savant than that. He's a lot more of a, I mean, you know, This is a guy that really likes to get under the hood and, and, and tinker around there a little bit. And if anybody is capable of bringing out the best of all these interesting, unique playmakers who work off each other based on their varying skill sets in different ways, I just think Munkin is set up really well to do all of this. I think this is a really exciting time. And obviously in the days and weeks to come, the addition of uh, Rick Gilbert and the hard work that Georgia did, as we kind of chronicled on yesterday's show, to stay involved in this recruitment, we're clearly going to be covering all of that. What a fascinating time this is. That is Around the Doghouse. Before we get our buddy Mike Griffith here today, let me also give a quick shot to my uh, friends at the Finish Long Drink. we are about a great day yesterday, kind of toast with a ready-to-drink uh, beverage. Uh, right after the uh, big news for Georgia, for those of you who kind of watched our show yesterday, I was out there on my back deck and kind of uh, relaxing and enjoying myself a little bit. The finished long drink would have gone great with that. In fact, I've actually had some of you reach out to me to say, yeah, B.A., I'm trying this. I'm uh, giving it a shot here. Somebody said, uh, sent me a picture on Twitter the other day of themselves enjoying the finished long drink cranberry version. I'm really excited to know that so much of our audience is settling in and enjoying this and having a good time with it. For those of you that haven't heard me talk about this, though, what the long drink is it does as i said it comes from finland it's been popular over there for decades really the summer games were in helsinki back in the 50s and that's kind of how the finnish long drink got started Around the uh, arrival of the Summer Games, then, and it's been a big deal since then. It's come to America a couple of years ago, and now it's here in the state of Georgia. If you go to longdrink.com, you can find the place that's selling it close to you, whether that's a, a bar or whether that's a beverage store or whatever else. And if you're saying, Well, what is this? It's a ready to drink beverage right out of the can. No mixing, no hard work. Just pop the top and enjoy it. Whether it's the cranberry or the, the long drink strong or the long drink zero or the original, which comes in the blue can, which I really like. Can I have? a little bit of a gin and grapefruit flavor. It's got a great like liquor kick to go along with a nice citrusy type flavor. Just really, really good stuff. Thelongdrink.com. Make sure you try that today. All right. So good stuff there. We've got a lot to do on today's show. Before we're done, we'll, we'll kind of move off of the topic of the Georgia transfers because there was a very interesting statement made about Florida coach Dan Mullen yesterday, on the heels of what, at least at first blush, seems like it should be good news. This will be interesting for Georgia fans. We will do this before we're done. But for now, on everything else, the arrival of Kendrick, the arrival of Gilbert, what this means for George, exactly how it all came together, let's keep the conversation going with Mike Griffith here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And we'll say hello to Mike Griffith here. And, Mike, yesterday was an exciting time for Georgia fans. You've covered college football for a long time, a lot of different places. Considering the time of year it is, June, considering the magnitude of the two arrivals, two former five stars, both of which uh, potential huge impact guys for Georgia right away, have you ever covered a bigger summer off season day for any program than what Georgia had a chance to emphatically address its needs with yesterday?
1: Wow, football wise probably not in terms of the addition of, of two players, right because we're not just we're not just talking about you know two freshman recruits that could turn into something or or may contribute. Uh, you know we're talking about two veterans we're talking about two plug-and play guys i mean these guys are coming to you know, win a champion these are championship caliber players that that have already played at this level and and this is uh this is a sneak peek of, of the, the you know the new college football right the, the free agency market so to speak and you know for better or for worse it's here and it looks like kirby uh, has won round one when you take a look at what he's getting in these two players and the needs that Georgia had and his ability to address those needs with these two guys in particular.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about all of that. And I probably surprised some of our audience here today, because I have been such a big fan of Rick Gilbert and remain a giant fan of his. But if you ask me to say which of these two guys most likely to contribute to a national championship here this year, I just think the presence of a lockdown cornerback is invaluable. And I think there are examples in recent college football history that demonstrate that. And, I think that if you force me to choose between one or the other, the arrival of Kendrick I think has been obscured a little bit by the very exciting news of a Rick Gilbert, and I think we almost forget just how valuable a lockdown cornerback could be, something I believe that Kendrick certainly has the potential to be for Georgia, just how valuable that could be for UGA, knowing everything else it has defensively, how good it might be offensively. I don't think you can overstate how important adding Kendrick is in particular here.
1: Yeah, and I put Tykey Smith in the same conversation because I think the star is such an important position now in college football, and especially in this Georgia defense. Albeit, I do think, you know, that there's certain defenses Kirby's going to have ready for, for the mobile quarterbacks at Florida and Alabama. That's where Adam Anderson fits in. But uh, there's no question. I mean, these are pieces to the puzzle. And, and I think Kendrick, got, you know, let's face it the fact that he played at Clemson and he's got some experience against that team. I mean, that. It helps to add a guy against a team you're going to open up against. I mean, that's a factor in the Clemson game, above and beyond his level of contribution. Just having somebody that's been in the huddle. I mean, that that does make a difference. Um, so I, I would agree with you in the sense, Brandon, that you know these are things that can you know eventually win a championship for Georgia. Uh, you still got to get through the same team, right? Alabama, or LSU, whoever comes out of the West. There, you still got to keep everybody healthy. There's still questions. You know, this, this Georgia team, as good as they're getting, um, you know, I, I, you know, is Kendall Milton going to be as good as Swift this year, right? Is this offensive line going to be able to protect JT Daniels? I mean, we think they will. I, t- I guess I would shift my attention now, you know, to the left tackle spot, right? I, I mean, you know, we're all sitting here trying to check the boxes. Of what does Georgia got to do to win a championship? Well, you know, you still got to get through on the field, but there's no doubt you, when you add a veteran like Darian Kendrick to the secondary – and uh, a and you, you know, pass catcher in Eric Gilbert that, you know, if, if he's on the field, Brandon, he's going to be the leading pass catcher for Georgia this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing with Gilbert, and I've said this a million times, that when he was coming out of high school, you know, I, I kind of roll my eyes sometimes the idea of, I'm a tight end, but I really want to be a wide receiver. You know, I, I'm a big believer that recruits always want to play the most glamorous version of their position. And when, you know, Gilbert was coming out of high school, I thought he was one of the most. You know, amazing recruits that I'd seen, but I did view him more as a tight end than a wide receiver. And I know, you know, he's made it clear to 24 7 sports that he's coming to Georgia now to be a wide receiver. And, I'm a lot more open to that than I maybe would have been in the past. I I don't think the fact that he's, you know, more than 240 pounds, I don't think that, you know, prevents him from playing wide receiver. I mean, I think that a lot of folks might be surprised at what his 40-yard dash time would be in comparison to a guy like George Pickens, who's not really a blazing speedster but fast enough to play the receiver position. I think athletically, I think that Pickens and and Gilbert are actually probably pretty similar. So, you know, this notion that, that, you know, Gilbert wants to be seen as a wide receiver – at this stage of football, based on some of the stuff you've seen in some other programs and at the NFL level now, I'm kind of fine with that. I I, I don't have a problem with Gilbert being seen as wide receiver. Now, I still assume he'll probably be lining up in a lot of different ways for Georgia. If I had to guess, that's what I think will probably still happen here. But if Gilbert says he's a wide receiver at this stage of his, his career and at this stage of what the football evolution kind of looks like, I'm willing to take him at his word on that now.
1: Well, it's not just Tim Brandon. I mean, our sources are telling us that at Dog Nation, too. I mean, he's coming in to play the X. I mean, this isn't some wish list dream he has. I mean, Georgia is bringing him in to play George Pickens' position. That's why he's here. Uh, That's why he wasn't going to be here in January, first time around when Georgia was looking at him. And, you know, I wrote a story on that. You can find the link to it in the story. You know, that that he wanted more targets. And and Georgia was honest and said, look, you know, Pickens is going to be the guy. Pickens is going to be getting 10." And, and Gilbert wanted more. He wants to be the go to guy. And that's why he didn't come to Georgia the first go around when they tried to recruit him, and he was going to go to Florida to be used like Pitts. Well, guess what? George Pickens is hurt. You know, that opens the door, and, and he's coming to play the X. He's not coming to play tight end. Um, I'm going to say that again. He's coming to play the X. He's coming to be the go to receiver. That's the plan. That's not just what he wants, that's the plan. You know, this guy is incredibly talented. Um, in a, in a Kyle Pitts kind of way. And good luck matching up with him. And you look at what Georgia wants to do with the X, and you look at the plays that, that George ran, and the kind of catches that he made with the catch radius, high-pointing the ball, 50-50 ball, and that's what Eric Gilbert can do. And, and, back, and we've said it a million times, JT's favorite back shoulder fade, this is your guy. This guy, now you still have Justin Robinson there, you still have Marcus Rosen, Jack St. there, uh, Adani Mitchell. You know, these guys are going to rotate in, uh, and, and they get can they play other positions as well. We know that Georgia works these guys across the board at different positions. But uh, but Gilbert's being brought in to be the X. And we make no mistake about it. They're not bringing him in to be a tight end. They're low. They're at tight end, right? You know, Washington's there. Uh, Big John's there. Brock Bowers. He's coming to play wide receiver. So this is your feature receiver. This is your offseason get in those conversations you and I have had where we maybe disagreed a little bit, uh, and you know, I've told you I didn't think that they had the kind of receiving core uh, like in LSU or in Alabama. Um, this is the guy, to me, that scratches that itch, and now all of a sudden you say, oh, yeah, because now you can leave Jermaine Burton on the other side of the formation where he belongs, and he can do Jermaine Burton kind of things, and then Aaron Smith, when he finishes running track, um, you know, I think he'll end up somewhere in a slot. And, and I think you'll see probably um, as many four as three receiver sets now that Gilbert's on campus.
0: I think the other thing this speaks to for me, Mike, in terms of the addition of Gilbert, is the fact that, look, when Gilbert was a recruit, he didn't always say what Georgia fans wanted to hear, but I think he deserves some credit for being honest. I think he had a lot of questions about how he'd be used in the offense. And frankly, I think it went beyond that. Some of the stuff he said would kind of lead you to believe he just had questions about the Georgia offense in, in, in general, and and who wouldn't, based on the way this group was kind of scuffling around there in 2019. I'm not saying that to troll. I'm just saying that Georgia had some offensive problems a couple of years ago, and elite recruits kind of noticed that kind of thing. Gilbert, I think, was an example of that. I think the other thing that you can kind of say with the fact that Georgia gets a second chance at a guy like Rick Gilbert... And you, you always want to do well with these recruits from your own state. The fact that Georgia gets a second chance here with Gilbert, I think, just kind of speaks to the overarching, you know, improved mood that the presence of Todd Munkin has. That that Georgia seems to have, at least based on some of what I saw there in year one, seems to have the kind of offensive coordinator who's capable of using unique athletes in interesting ways and getting the most out of them and not putting them in a box based on what their body looks like in terms of what they're able to do in that offense. I I think I trust Todd Munkin to get the most out of Gilbert or really anybody else, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, that Georgia was in a position to get Gilbert to say yes this time in a way they weren't back in 2019 because of the arrival of Todd Munkin.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and as I said, you know, because of George Pickens' injury, I mean, if Pickens is still healthy, you don't get Gilbert because Pickens is the go-to, and Gilbert's not coming here to play tight end. So for the people that are saying, well, you know, a couple months ago you say, well, a couple months ago the situation was different, right? Your go-to receiver's down now, and, and you need a go-to guy. So, and, and I would also say this: I think this is Gilbert's second chance at Georgia. You know, you know he chose LSU. That didn't work out so good. You know, and now he gets to come to a program that's three straight top tens. It's close to his home. Uh, that's putting more guys in the NFL than they ever had before. Um, so I think it's his second chance to come to Georgia. So this is very much a, a mutual thing. And you know, after a couple of years ago, Brandon. I mean, we can't forget. I mean, he had two first round draft picks at offensive tackle and a 340 pound guard, and Solomon Kinley that's a starter in the NFL, and and he had you know, you know you Swift back there. As a special back, you were still RBU. You know, and, and you know, you can't be everything. You can't be RBU and wide receiver you and tight end you and you wanna be everything. Fans wanna be ah, oh, we this, where that. No, you are what you are at the moment and your personnel dictates it. And Georgia ran the offense uh when they had Sodium Nick Chubb. They got the most out of that talent. You know, they weren't gonna throw it forty times a game with those guys in running. They'd be stupid if they did. And and, and that's it's almost the same thing with Swift and especially with, you know, the, the bit of a clown show you had at the in 2019 where guys were on the wrong way and things dropping passes and guys injured and depleted receiving core. I mean, 2019 was a disaster in the receiving core. You know, now, now you've got some guys that can catch it, right? And, and now with JT, uh, as opposed to a year ago, uh, you know, you've got a guy that can wing it. I mean, this is what JT, JT didn't come to hand the ball off to Zamir White inside the game yard line. Right? He came to stick it in zone. that's what he does. And your running backs, you know, Milton, maybe Milton in the role. Uh, I think Milton is, a, is, a talent, is an NFL talent. Um, you know, James Cook can do some things out of the backfield catching the ball. I don't think he's swift, but I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield pretty good. I think Kenny McIntosh is, you know, is a mere short yardage. But you're not, I don't think this is RBU right now. I, I think you still have a great running back, but I think the offense in general with Munkin, uh, with these you know, pro style spread, air raid principles, yeah, to your point, you're right. This is a team that's going to throw it more than 30 times a game. I mean, look at Alabama. How many times did they throw it less than 25 in a game the last couple years? They changed, right? LSU's changed. Kirby told us he was going to change. and um, Well, not necessarily. He didn't say he was going to change, but he said that he was going to try to score more points. And scoring more points in this day and age means throwing the ball around and hiring a guy like Todd Monkman. I agree with you that now we're starting to see a different personality. But the reason we're seeing a different personality now as opposed to 2019 is because now you have the personnel as well as the OC
0: to do it. So we predicted on yesterday's show that if Georgia added Gilbert and Kendrick, the level of seething hatred for Georgia by fans, and in some cases even media, would would grow at an exponential rate. I think that prediction's already turned out to be true. There's some criticism for the addition of Kendrick because of some of the issues that he's had off field. The fact that you know he was dismissed from the Clemson program, and even some questions around Gilbert there as well. For the most part, I scoff at this and roll my eyes at the rest of it. But what do you make of whether it be you know Danny Connell saying what he said on Twitter yesterday, or you just you know the general I guess you know criticism that exists for opposing fans that 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 george has brought in you know gilbert and kendrick both who i guess for different reasons have you know some questions around them
1: brand do you know that dan mullen got a contract extension and florida's on probation and he has a show cause sure usually when coaching when teams get put on probation and coaches get show cause they they usually they can lose their jobs okay at florida they're giving him a raise for it i don't give a damn what they're saying I mean, it's ridiculous. Look, look at who, what programs we're we, we talking about. LSU and their basketball program. What, what are we talking about? Alabama and and, and Saban and how he built that program. Are we talk about Auburn. Are they going to point fingers? Cam Newton. I mean, who are we? Who are we listening to? What fan bases? You know, what is it? Who is without saying cast the first stone? Is that or glass houses? What? Whatever, whatever saying you want to use. Let's let's not pretend this is anything but what it is. Football team's trying to get better. And if you can play football, they're going to sign you. And if you can coach football, they're going to pay you. So Florida, coach, has a so-called. Most of America doesn't even know that. Why? Because nobody in the Florida media writes about it. They're too busy writing about what they think of Georgia or, or how great Kyle Trask is, or whatever happened to that notion, by the way. But my point is, who cares what other people say? If, if if you you and you certainly you know you you have a show and you're very responsive to your audience and so obviously you listen to everyone in your audience and I get that and I'm on Twitter and I'm, I'm shit I'm getting, I'm getting blown up now over Oklahoma City stuff but who cares what they say George is trying to win a championship
0: yeah I mean the other thing I'd point out to this Mike is that I think people need to be really careful assuming they know the details of any issue that they are less close to than the people responsible for vetting these things or the people actually involved in these circumstances we played some audio last week of darian kenrick talking about some of the things that he's been through and i would suggest that that people who haven't walked in his shoes should maybe have a little bit of humility about assuming they know everything that's going on there and certainly in the case of uh, gilbert and all the ulterior motives that would potentially exist to say certain things about why you know he ultimately you know did not end up in Florida. I just think people have to have to tread very, very lightly, assuming they know the entire story related to the rumor mill that surrounds, you know, any player, be it Kendrick, be it Gilbert, be it, be it anybody else, or some other player for, for some other program there as well. I mean, there's just so much rumor mill in college football. Listen, I love it all, right? I mean, I devour it for a living, face first, every, each and every day. But there's so <laughs> much rumor mill in college football that it almost makes some of us feel like we know just enough to be dangerous, and then we make assumptions based on. Frankly, you know something that could uh, could sound like spin control, depending on the uh, the ears in which you are hearing it.
1: No doubt. I mean, you're so right, and and there is there's two sides to every story. And you listen, college players make newsflash, right? College players make mistakes. You know, there's guys out there right now with stories that we don't know about. You know, they you get them off camera and they take that mask off, they're just a totally different guy. You right? know, good guys or bad guys in every program. I mean. Football is football. And the question is, you know, are these kids going to make the most of their second chances? You know, is Darren Kendrick going to make the most of a second chance? Is Eric Gilbert going to make the most of a second chance? Uh, you know, I saw three great Heisman Trophy winners, Brandon, that made the most of a second chance. Isn't that amazing? There was a time, and this last year is the first time in four years that the Heisman Trophy winner wasn't a former transfer. Right, I mean, think about that. That's pretty pretty remarkable. So, you know, I think the stigma of being a transfer is kind of wearing off now. I think people are going, well, you know, a lot of people are doing it seems to be working. Granted, quarterback position, but I think you're seeing that stigma wear off. Number one, and number two, um, you know, I I think this is a country built on second chances. I, I think everybody wants to see people make the most of the second chance. And if a kid can come in and fit into this Georgia program. Uh, under the team leadership that they developed, and that's why it's so important that Kirby built up that team chemistry in the spring with those skull sessions. I think that's why it's so important that JT Daniels spent that time out in California with those receivers, that bonding time, that little bit of extra time, you know, so that when you get new players in, you know, you've got a group of guys that, that get along and can make it work. And that's, to me, that's really the final question. I mean, yeah, we've got the X's and the O's questions. Todd Munkin will take care of that. You're absolutely right. So will Dan Lanning. That's not going to be an issue. George's not going to get out coached, okay? Then you've got the question of can guys stay healthy. Some of that's luck. Some of it's training. But to me, the big, big question is how do these guys fit in? Can you maintain the harmony and the chemistry in the DB room? You know, I, I think you can. I think Tyke's a great I think he's a great guy. I think Darren Kendrick gets along great. Dabo Sweeney, full blessings, loves the guy. This is not a bad person. This guy, he made, you know, he made a mistake, okay? He was dealing with some things. He has two kids. Nobody's trying to hide that. He's got real-life situations. He didn't manage it as well as he could. He didn't communicate effectively. I think we're all guilty of that in this day and age. And, and he missed some workouts without communicating effectively. I, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, Gilbert, he, he's, got, he's got his own issues, but these are things that a lot of young men deal with. And so I think that, uh, I think that this is an opportunity for Georgia Uh, to help shape these young men, help get them on track, and and help them make their dreams come true. And and they can help the Bulldogs win a championship. And, And if fans from other fan bases don't like it, too bad. Would they have taken these guys? Sure they would have. Look at some of the guys on there. Nobody's perfect. You know, I had a coach tell me one time he could coach 11 Boy Scouts. But if he didn't win enough games, he wouldn't have a job next year. So every now and then, you know, you, you, you got to kind of take chances on players and you get rewarded because a lot of times all these kids need is a chance
0: and some good leadership. All right, i got a final question for you. Before that, though, I want to remind our audience about something really fun that's coming up. It's the Attack the Day Virtual 5K. It's Saturday, June 12th from our friends at the UGA Alumni Association. This is a really cool thing for you to participate wherever you are. It's a virtual 5K, so you can walk, you can run, you can roll, you can do whatever to be a part of the virtual 5K. Registration is just $15. Kids actually are free. And for your $15, you get an Attack the Day headband, a pack of uh, Super G face tattoos, and you get a chance to win a, a pair of AirPods and a UGA Branded case. So, a really cool thing there. Plus, a portion of your registration also includes a gift back. To the Georgia Fund there as well. So you're not just participating in a really fun event and getting some cool UGA swag, but you're also helping support a great cause there as well with the Georgia Fund. Coach Smart wants you to do this. Uh, Be a part of the Attack the Day virtual 5K. As said before, registration, just $15. Includes some cool giveaways and a chance to win even more. Plus, it's a great chance to support your beloved university, UGA, there as well. It's June 12th. That's the day. Here's the website. You see it on your screen. I'll read it to you for radio podcast. Alumni. UGA.edu slash ATD5K. That's number five. Let me read that one more time. It's alumni.UGA.edu slash ATD5K. Obviously, ATD stands for Attack Today. So a uh, really fun Attack Today virtual 5K coming up with the UGA Alumni Association. Make sure you check that out. Mike. let's finish with this. Obviously, big news there yesterday as the summer workouts kind of get going for Georgia. Clearly, the recruiting stuff is going 100 miles an hour right now, too. So just to kind of wrap up, put a bow on the Kendrick and Gilbert news. What's next on the horizon for UGA now that these uh, big stories are now in the barn here?
1: Well, I think you wait and see if the roster's solid when they start workouts Thursday. You know, it's for every action, there's a reaction, right, Brandon? I mean, so we wonder now you know, you, you drop the two alcachofas, and in the water, and it starts to fizz. Uh, Does anybody jump out? Is anybody affected? Anybody feeling hurt in the receiving core here? Any, any, you know, I think your DBs. I mean, we know Darren Branch hasn't been on the team. He not on the team in the spring game. I know we'll, we'll get that up officially now. But is, is anybody else going to transfer? You got some guys coming. In. You got anybody coming out? Uh, are there any late surprises? Listen, Kirby Smart. I'm not counting this dude out. I am not counting Kirby. He pulls a he pulled a rabbit out. He's done this. Remember how he pulled Pickens out of his hat on signing day? Now we're talking Eric Gilbert uh, and Darren Kendrick. You know, I mean, the, Kirby is a guy that loves to pull his JT Daniels. Remember that day, Brandon, when we heard JT Daniels? They're looking like what? What? Where? Who? JT? What? So I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not going to say they're pro- they are probably done, but I'm not going to say anything's definitive. I'm, I'm not sleeping well, right? My phone's on next to me. I'm not going to leave my phone because I don't know what Kirby's doing next, man. And and George, he, I told you this guy's restless. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to this guy named. I can tell you, I'm talking to this guy. This guy named Randy Jackson. Okay, his son is the number one ranked player in the state of California. He's a cornerback, and I was talking to him when I was out there in California because his son goes to Mater Day has some interest in Georgia. Right now he's visiting Alabama. I don't know where Georgia's at recruiting him. But I was telling Randy, I said, listen, man, if you get, if you do find your way to the Georgia campus and sit across from Kirby Smart, you'll sit there for five minutes and you'll want to get up and do something. And he said, why? I said, because Kirby is moving and shaking and restless. And most programs would be happy with three straight top ten finishes. Most coaches could hang their hat on that. But at this place, everybody's still ticked off. And, and Kirby's restless. It's like a guy, you, you get that hungry feeling, it doesn't matter how much you eat, you're still not full. That's Kirby, right? I keep thinking back, and I can't say what he said on that video, Brandon, where he said all he wanted to do was eat. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of Kirby right now. All he wants to do is eat, and he's gobbling up great players, and it ain't over. I'm just going to tell you, I know that, whether it's signees, uh, this Georgia right now is in a, they're like a tank of barracudas over there. It's a feeding frenzy. They can't get enough good players right now. So I just say stay tuned to Dog Nation.
0: All right, Mike, thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. We'll look forward to talking to you again very soon. Fun time to be a Dog fan and very, very fun and curious to see where all this goes next. We certainly appreciate your time.
1: No doubt, B.A. Thanks, man.
0: Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, I mean, listen, the other thing that kind of comes up with all of this is the thought of, well, gosh, there are no more excuses yeah, you know, this is this is a you know win now situation for Georgia, and some people kind of want to continue to say that sort of championship or bust type mentality. Like the one thing I've kind of pushed back on, and even after the arrival of Darian Kendrick and Rick Gilbert, I'm still going to push back on is the notion that it's championship or bust. It's that word "bust" that just I kind of hang up on a little bit because listen, it's the willingness to make these kinds of moves year after year after year that keeps Georgia in the championship conversation for the foreseeable future. Trust me. Georgia's rivals, the fans of those, you know, other schools, they'd love nothing more for this to be championship or bust. That's actually letting them off the hook easy. That's 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 giving them a chance to to only have to worry about this for one more year. But clearly, with the aggressive moves made here, and and it is appropriate to add Tyke Smith into that discussion there as well. The aggressive moves made over the course of this offseason, this is obviously not a bust situation where all this is coming to an end after just this year, that if you could somehow avoid George winning a national championship this year you've got nothing else to worry about from George in the future no 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 no. it is far from that easy for for those who find themselves at odds with UGA competing for the limited resources that exist when it comes to college football George is going to be a factor in here to stay for a long time to come so there is no bust after this year whether George wins the national championship or not however it is I think still plenty appropriate to say that all of these moves are made with the idea of win now. All of, of this is made with the idea of why wait, why put off until tomorrow what can be done today, which is giving yourself the the talent and resources you need to go out win a national championship right now. And that's clearly what Georgia is, is is doing through all of this. That's one of the reasons why it's so exciting for fans. And it's important to note that, and I think Connor Riley wrote about that this morning at dognation.com. Look, the national championship expectations exist, whether you bring in Kilbert... Gilbert and Kendrick or not. I mean, it's not like it was not national championship win-now mode before all of this. So you don't make things worse for yourself by bringing in big names like this. You bring in the kind of big names that give you a chance to make good on the expectations that already exist. Look, if you want to go to a place where it's fine to go to a bowl game, go coach the Big Ten. There are plenty of you know Big Ten programs that are happy to go to the Rose Bowl, Happy to win, you know, nine or ten games, and you know, they kind of put their nose in the air and they feel like they're better than everybody else. And you know, who cares? If they don't, you know, come close to sniffing a national championship. You can do that up there and be fine. Clearly, the ACC is even a step down from that. But in the SEC, the only thing you judge yourself by is the level of hardware you produce at the end of the season. That's true, whether you embrace it wholeheartedly or not. So, what you like about George is the fact that they acknowledge the expectation that do it exists in a program like this and they bring in the kind of talent that gives the program a chance to actually achieve those expectations, I think that's a really fun thing to be able to see. Quick shout out to Pella Window Indoor of Georgia. They can help equip your house with energy efficient windows and doors, make your home look better on the outside, feel better on the inside, great savings as well. You can currently get 10% off your entire project or 0% APR for 24 months. So hit them up a couple different ways. Phone call 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496, or Pella of GA.com slash DogNation. That's Pella of GA.com slash DogNation. You can find Pella Window and Door of Georgia today. All right, SEC through time now, and Mike mentioned a moment ago the contract extension that Dan Mullen signed for uh, Florida yesterday, and I think this is really interesting. Because there is a level of media coverage that Mullen gets in his own local market there in Florida. And a lot of this is, I think, reflected by the feeling of Florida fans that is way different than sometimes I think people perceive it to be nationally. Let me show you a tweet here. This is coming from the Associated Press. This is as like buttoned up and erudite as you get. In fact, Mark Long, the writer of this, we're actually going to have on SEC Country Live later on this afternoon. SEC Country Live, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the SEC Country uh, video channels. So this is the tweet yesterday from the Associated Press. Florida football coach Dan Mullen received a three-year contract extension following a disappointing season that closed with a three-game losing streak and included several public relations missteps and NCAA sanctions. That is Mark Long writing for the Associated Press. And that is the feeling that is out there in that state of Florida around the Mullen program. Some of the weird stuff that he said a year ago, dressing up like Darth Vader after he probably didn't do enough to stop a brawl between Florida and Missouri that's not me saying that that's people who cover Florida saying that clearly the 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 weirdness of the bowl game in which he kind of just sort of disregarded the entire loss and said that you know the season actually for Florida ended at the SEC championship game essentially not even counting the bowl game given all the money that exists around bowl season you can't flippantly disregard the bowls without kind of bumping into and running afoul of the people who are in charge of you and certainly the the bowl system that's doling all this money the sec trust me a statement like that was not received well and the ncaa stuff has been poorly received there in florida too remember the stuff that matt hayes wrote about for saturday down south kind of suggesting that that NCAA stuff actually kind of threatens Mullins' job security more than some people realize. I mean, I think what you've had going on here, frankly, is kind of an old fashioned contract squabble. And maybe the signing of this extension kind of brings that to an end. I've explained before why I feel that way. We'll talk more about this on SEC Country Live later on today. There is a weird level of... Skepticism, maybe it's grown to be cynicism, but not everybody in the state of Florida is as happy with Dan Mullen as you might think, even coming off of an SEC East win and a victory against Georgia last year. I would say this is a story worth following. We'll do more of that on SEC Country Live later on today, and for now, we'll make that your SEC through. And by the way, speaking of Mullen, great edition of our Golden Shoe today. Of course, Gator Hater Roll Call. We point out all the terrific Gator haters in our audience. And this is a very funny work of art here. I want to show this to you on the screen. I want to give credit to the artist himself. So Hunter Blaylock writes this on Twitter. It says that it's flooding in Gainesville being v- via Mullen's tears. Meanwhile, it's raining talent at UGA. Very well said by Hunter Blaylock, who gives us some golden shoe material, calls Athens the five-star city. And then he draws this picture. And this is really well done. He says, welcome to Athens, the five-star city. You see the King Kirby wearing the crown. You see crying Dan Mullen with the thought bubble saying, but he committed to us first obviously referencing a rick gilbert really terrific stuff by hunter blaylock as good a golden shoes we've given out in quite some time so congratulations to you and speaking of those lousy stinking gators rick gilbert helping the dogs get a win against florida even number today how about 150 days that's our gator hater countdown we'll see you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by harris cherokee casino resort we'll talk to you then everybody (laughs) And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast cool down. As you might imagine, a lot of folks weighing in on the addition of Darian Kendrick and Red Gilbert and the fun around all of that. And it's great to see Georgia fans having such a good time with this. I, I just love it. I'm, I'm so happy to be able to share it with you and a lot of you having fun with me and what my reaction would have been to all this. I'll read some of those tweets in a moment. I also want to read a couple of uh, comments here from our dognation.com post. Uh, Dog 85 says, and this goes back to something that, Somebody said on Twitter that I also shared during the regular show today, Jim Doc saying that with Gilbert and Kendrick on the team, that adds two more potential first-round draft picks to the roster. Are you up to six now? Obviously, I made a big deal about Georgia needing those six. He gives you his thoughts, JT, Washington, Davis, Smith, Dean, plus all the new guys, a running back, maybe an offensive lineman. No question there's a lot of that. And he referenced the comment from Kirby Smart on 680 The Fan, the clip that we played yesterday about the reclassification, Jim Dogg saying, hey, maybe that's just uh, Kirby Smart talking about a Rick Gilbert reclassifying from a tight end to a wide receiver. And maybe there's a chance that is that is true. That's what he was referencing there. Uh, Brandon Griffin giving you a good golden shoe here on Twitter. I'll have to get for that tomorrow. Oh, also here on uh, Twitter, uh, Brian Smith giving us a funny meme saying, they hate us because they ain't us, and that's no doubt. We, we said this, that there's going to be a lot of tears being shed. A lot of folks mad that that Georgia's just not willing to play nice. They're not going to be happy with. Yeah, maybe this roster is good enough. Maybe uh, you know this is enough to get over the national championship hump. No, Georgia handling its business in a big way yesterday. Um. JT Dog Walker on Twitter saying, I recall Jeff Sintel talking about the precise route running skills that Rick Gilbert had last year. That has to be what uh, Munkin and JT Daniels want. Yeah, I'm sure, JD, there's a very good chance that's true. Uh, Chad Summer saying that all of this could be uh, trouble for the opponents of the dogs here this year. Chad, I think you're right about that. Jason Wright said, I can hear you chortling all the way in Texas. Yeah, the chortle is something I'm you know, kind of known for, you know, in the... <laughs> noises I make sometimes when Georgia gets good news, especially if that breaks actually during the show. You can believe there was some chortling going on yesterday, for sure. Michael Gates also wondering if Rick Gilbert could move himself into the first round since he's going to be playing wide receiver now. And I would say that's a possibility. You know, he's just got to show the – you know, we've seen big receivers in the in the NFL before. That's not a new thing necessarily. Um, so I think showing himself off as receiver – moving into the first round potentially in a future NFL draft I think that could definitely be the case Dustin weighing in to say I should have hit him up while I was in DC uh, Dustin I appreciate that uh, Jordan Fry said let's also not forget about Dominic Blaylock here he should be back from that ACL tear that he suffered against LSU yeah you boy you hope that's the case he also had another injury set back a year ago but looking forward to getting him back Uli also on Twitter saying that he wished all of this would have happened while I was on air because the chortle would have been classic. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it's hard to recreate that after you've kind of, once you've learned the news, it's not surprising anymore. It's kind of hard to recreate all of that. Uh, but yeah, you better believe I was thrilled for myself. Uh, Orrin Chile says he was looking forward to the show. Orrin, I really appreciate that. Let's see what else. Also, Mad Dog, its mother's talking about the Dan Mullen contract extension being good news. A lot of Georgia fans, I think they probably feel that way. Uh, Brian Hall also saying that I had said that opposing fans would uh, hate and they would all pour in if uh, a Rick Gilbert was signed. He said, uh, we were spot on about that. Florida fans sound like brides left of the altar. Yeah, that's really funny, Uh, Brian. I I appreciate that. Eric Stewart says, with all the hype about Gilbert and Washington, two players that you kind of lump together sometimes – he says people are sleeping how good Brock Bowers can be, too, and I think that's true. Jason Free with the funny line saying, uh, poor Kamara and he says, we might not try a punt all year long or maybe even a field goal either. Uh, that's pretty funny stuff from Jason Free there. LeBron says, you couldn't slap the smile off my face. No, you could not. Our buddy uh, uh, Prometheus checking in to say congrats. Looking forward to the show. I appreciate that. Boy, a lot of tweets rolling in on all of this. Dog Dogspeed uh, on Twitter wondering what this means for a guy like Oscar Delp. I think the excitement, the energy around this only helps Georgia with a player like Delp. I mean, you want to be, and this is one of the things you see in modern recruiting, you want to be at the place to be. You want to be where other great players want to be, and there's no doubt there's a lot of that going on right now matt chastain had a funny tweet he says has anybody checked in on brandon adams 44 year old dudes which i am can only endure so much excitement before being at risk of a stroke or cardiac event no matter I think you're 100 right about that dalton smith talking about jt daniels having to figure out how many touchdowns he's going to score this year yeah the chances of more touchdowns certainly went way up because of all of that uh dog speed on twitter says this is john adams says the biggest single transfer portal day for any team he says, double nickel star transfers. He means two former five stars. Uh, put this team on the doorstep of a national championship. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that's ever had a bigger day than than what uh, Georgia had yesterday. It's great to be able to see. Great comments on both Twitter and here at the comments section of dognation.com. Don't forget, I'd love for you to be a part of this. If you've never sent me a message before, I'd, I'd love to – talk with you here as a part of the cool down so hit me up on twitter at dog nation daily or in the comment section we post the show at DogNation.com. it'll be fun to kind of go back and forth with all of this because it's going to be a fun summer as we continue to talk about everything that's that needs to be said related to all this for georgia football so uh really good stuff thanks for being here for our podcast cool down find rs andrews online at rsandrews.com They'll fix your air conditioning, but they'll also help you with your plumbing needs, your electrical needs, whatever else you have. You can find them online at rsandrews.com. We'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for being here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort.